Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. We thank you that in the midst of uh, ugly outside weather, we are warm together in your sanctuary. We pray for those who aren't able or uh, not out this morning. I ask that you keep them safe as well. Thank you for the opportunities you put in front of us. Lord, as we look at today's subject matter, we realize that some things in life are difficult and escaping sorrow and pain is impossible. And yet, Lord, we look at how you responded, how you jumped in rather than out. We recognize, Lord, that there's something to be learned there for us. So, Lord, as we look at your word this morning, may may it be alive and real for each one of us. Challenge us, Lord, as we take uh, stock in our own lives, that we might reflect the work you have done in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning's passage is, is it's going to be a familiar passage. It's kind of a chunk right in the middle of a, a big story uh, uh, in chapter 11 of John. It's, it's, it's Lazarus, right? The, the Lazarus dies. Uh, he's a friend of Jesus's and Mary and Martha's uh, brother. And there's a lot going on in this passage. And we've, we've looked at pieces of this. And this is a different, uh, a different little chunk in there. And this passage comes right after Jesus has already talked uh, to Martha. Martha went to see Jesus. Mary so broken up, so torn up about her brother's death that she, wasn't, she didn't leave, even though she knew Jesus was coming. And I, I want to give you, uh, I, I want to encourage you to think about the feelings of a few people in this passage. The feelings of Mary as she goes out to see Jesus. The response of Jesus as he meets Mary at a very dark spot in her life. And finally, the, the, the Jewish people who watched this. John eleven twenty eight through 37. And after she had said this, she said that, uh, let me read you that. It says, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who has come to this world. And it says, after she said this, she went back to, to her sister uh, and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been there with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit 
and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied, and Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who have opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? May God add his blessing as we continue to sing. Lord God, thank you. Thank thank you for being a holy God who loves us so much. Thank you, Lord, for all the things uh, that we have not earned a thing and it's all grace. Thank you for your love, your care and concern. Thank you for your forgiveness, your willingness to step into our lives. Lord, I thank you this morning for each person who is here, who came to meet with you. Lord, as we look at your word, may it be real and alive to them this morning in a way that they need it. Lord, take the words that are spoken this morning and make them powerful. Not because of who says it, but because you say it. Thank you for your love and your care and concern over our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And if you're a child, you can run. Unless you're Lou. Then you jump. Then you jump and run. That's right. See if we can get everything in where it belongs here this morning. And I can keep it on the page. There we go. So uh, I want to just talk a little bit about, we, we've been working on our journey to the cross. And what we're looking at uh, today in uh, this whole season uh, headed to Easter is this, this opportunity for us to, to recognize how Jesus interacted with those who he came uh, in, in contact with along the road to the cross. And one of the things that I think sometimes in our mind we, we know that God, that Jesus is God, and so we take out that human peace, we take out that humanness that, um, that he interacted uh, with people, that he lived life with people, that he did life with humans. And today's passage is a great reminder that like us, Jesus walked through difficult times. That sorrow was a part of his life. We don't see a lot of that in Scripture, uh, but there's an opportunity in this passage for us to understand that that Jesus felt uh, the pain of loss. And I, and I want to encourage you or challenge you or maybe help you understand that our, our emotions sometimes are dangerous, are they not? And, and if we live, uh, if we're honest, uh, in, in the Western culture that we live, uh, especially for guys, uh, emotions are, are almost off limits, right? We need, to, 
We need to honor the code, the code of never crying or, or showing weakness or, or letting down or letting people know what's really going on inside. And so I want to challenge you this morning with where your emotions are and whether you'll be honest uh, inside. If, if there's one thing I've learned in counseling, it's this. We don't want people to know what's really going on inside. If people knew everything that was going on inside, they wouldn't like me as much. Or they would think I was weak. Or they would think um, less of me, right? We think these things. And so we, we create this culture that says we can't share our real emotions about how we feel. And I'm challenged by that in this passage. I'm challenged with the understanding that we can't be honest about where we're at. That somehow we have to be different than what people see. And what we recognize in this passage this morning is this passage, 11 verses, is loaded with emotion. And the reason I picked it because of that one little passage right in the middle that says Jesus wept. He didn't shed one tiny little tear. He wept over the loss of his friend. And as I begin this, this looking at this passage, I want to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to ask yourself this question. What am I so afraid of the emotions uh, that I have? And why am I so afraid to show them or to express them? And what gets in the way? What gets in the way of the emotions I have? Is it really that I just want to honor the code of, of being strong and mighty and powerful in the eyes of people that really don't matter? Is that what it is? Did I learn it as a kid? When my parents said, if you cry, I'm going to give you something to cry about. Am I the only parent? Am I the only child <laughs> that ever got that? Yeah. <laughs> right? If you cry, I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> Emotions. They're so much a part of our lives. We see them in scripture, and a lot of times I think we just ignore them and we treat this book like it's like a, a book of rules. Or a book of, uh, loaded with just all the instructions in life. And sometimes we miss the fact that there are so many emotions in people's lives. And, and, and we see uh, in this one example, Jesus' emotions. I want to start out, um, well, I want to ask you this question. So what is it? Why is it that we struggle so hard with sorrow? Anybody? Why is it so hard to, to share that emotion of sorrow? I'll give you an example. Do you realize how difficult it is for a ton of people to go to a funeral? People will go uh, to a funeral dinner before they'll go to a funeral. They don't want to go in that, into that room. People, uh, people, <laughs> I've heard people say, 
it, it smells like a funeral, right? The door opens. There's someone there holding those, those emotions of sorrow. We struggle so mightily with those emotions. And why is it that we try so hard to stay away from them? Any thoughts? Liz? Not, we're not, it's not safe, right? Immobil, immobilize is a great word, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I've met many a man in counseling whose biggest fear is this. If I begin to cry, I may never stop crying again. Now, that sounds pretty irrational, right? It's, but it's, it's way too close, right, Ken? It's which, if I begin to cry, I may never stop crying again. God gave, so I just want to challenge you and encourage you as you think about the emotions that you have internally and externally. Those are not by mistake that you have them. God gave them to us. And I want to challenge you to begin to understand that those things are a gift he gave us. We are not robots walking around uh, doing uh, one thing after another thing after another thing. We are humans with emotions of sadness, of anger, of frustration, of happiness, of victorious. Uh, so many emotions running through our lives. And one of the challenges is it is in our walk of faith, is being vulnerable enough, being transparent enough to share those emotions. Do you realize that there are many of marriage where one spouse will not share their honest emotions with their other spouse? 40, 50, 60 years of marriage. And we ask ourselves, how could that happen? I get emotional about being emotional. And I want to share with you some, some emotions of sorrow in this passage. And, I, and I, hope, uh, I hope you already saw them. But if not, I want, you to, I want to challenge you and encourage you to express your emotions in healthy ways. The first, the first expression of, of, of sorrow in this passage is anger, and it's anger by Mary. Did you realize, did you recognize that Mary did not go out and see Jesus? This was her close friend, someone she loved very much. Martha goes and she finds Jesus. He, she knows, they know she's coming, or he's coming. And Martha goes out and she finds Jesus. She has an interaction with Jesus and she's frustrated, but she's not, she's not angry, but she's sad. And Mary is so torn up. But she stays home. She's like, I, I can't do this. I don't have enough uh, in me. I'm hurting so deeply. I'd be willing to bet that some of us can, can, can sense that, that frustration in Mary's, uh, in just staying home, in Mary's uh, interaction with, uh, when she finds out that Jesus is coming and she takes off after him. And when she finds him, she falls to her feet, it says. 
She falls to her feet and weeps. And she says, Lord, Lord, if you had been here, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She is so broken, so broken over what has happened. Angry and hurt because she feels that Jesus has missed the boat, that he didn't do what he promised. And this is just a picture of my, my thought process of what it might have looked like. Jesus, if you would have been here, I know you could have kept him alive. How often in our own lives do we try to bargain with God? Do we try to bargain with God in those moments where God, if you would just... God, if you would have done this. And we get angry. You don't know how often I deal with people who are angry at God. That sounds almost crazy, huh? And we wouldn't say it in a public place. But the reality is, when we lose a loved one, when we lose someone that we care very much about, when something happens that's out of our control, we get angry. And part of us struggles to say, am I really angry at God? Can I? I've had people say, am I allowed to be angry at God? Is that even fair? The creator of the universe, can I, can I get angry at him? You see, Mary, angry at Jesus over her circumstances. Angry because she wanted it to turn out different. And we all know we've been in those moments where someone passes away, and, I, and I'm committed and convinced of this. No one ever, <laughs> there's never enough time with anyone right? As short or as long as their lifespan is, it's never enough. Just one more day. And it's quick and easy to point at God as the problem. God, if you'd have been there, if you'd have heard my prayers, he might not have died. I want to challenge you and encourage you that it's okay. That it's okay to take that anger, that sorrow to God. It's okay. I always say this to lots, to lots of people. I say, my God has very broad shoulders. He has the ability to hear that. Now, I, I, I don't want you to curse him and walk away. But what I want you to do is to take that pain to him, to lay it at his feet, to trust that he still has a plan in it. I'll give you a couple verses. Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast your cares upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. 1 Peter 5, 7, Cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Those are opportunities for us 
that when we're struggling so mightily, when, when we are feeling that sorrow and we get angry, where do we take that anger? We take it to God. We cast, upon, cast it upon Him. There's, there's tons of scriptures where it says they cried out to God. My sense is they cried out in a very real way. They shared their heart with God. They were honest about how they felt. And, and so honest and so raw that they didn't keep it together. They were willing to share their pain with the one true God. We're reminded as we work our way to the cross what Jesus said on the cross before he died. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was re-reading, re re-memorized uh, Psalm 22 and just sharing that from his heart. But understand that he shared that emotion, that brokenness, as he was dying on the cross. And I know that for us, most of us, probably not all, probably all of us, if we get angry, we sin. Right? If we get angry, we sin. Jesus got angry and did not sin. I'm not sure I know how to do that. But I understand that Jesus is able and did that. In his anger, he did not sin. But we're reminded that he had anger. Second way that sorrow can be expressed is with empathy. Simply put, Jesus wept. When Jesus heard how, how they were weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. His heart was broken. Mind you, it's quick and easy for us to think, well, yeah, he's going to raise them, though. He knows. But that's not where he's at. He's in the moment, understanding the pain of his friends, understanding the pain he felt of losing a friend. And I'm sure feeling uh, very dark and struggling with the pain. We've been there, right? We can learn from this. The, the ministry of presence is uh, so important. It's one of the things I think that we, we underestimate as Christians, that, that the ministry of presence, uh, I've had lots of people say, I, I could go to that funeral and I could show up, and I, but I don't, really, I don't really know what to say. I, I don't have anything to say. I'm just going to go there and stand there and look awkward. Do you understand how powerful it is to be present when someone is hurting? To be available to give someone a hug, to ask them how they are, to just be present. 
in those dark moments. It's so important. Our first inclination is to run as far away from emotions as we can. It's like running from, uh, it's like the opposite, right? When When we see something on fire, what do we do? We run away from it. But Jesus ran into it. He didn't didn't step away from it. He stepped into the sorrow of the day. He dipped his, he, he jumped right in to be available for those who were hurting. And there's something for us to be learned in that. We have the ability, we have been given the power to be able to step into those difficult positions and be a blessing for those who are hurting. Let me, let me encourage you. I always tell people, whatever, it, whatever you're feeling, do the opposite. <laughs> right? Because when I hear about a funeral, I don't want to go. Right? I want to go the other way. But let me encourage you to step in to your emotions, to step into those moments and those spaces where we can help others in the faith. You don't realize how big and important that is until you've been on the receiving end of it. And your life is crumbling around you. Example Job, right? Job was, his world is crumbling around him and his friends show up and they hang out with him. It's so important. We have an opportunity to stand in the gap. To be the one who protects. This comes out of the passage in in Ezekiel uh, 22. Where God says, you know what? I couldn't find anybody. I didn't find anybody who would be willing to stand in the gap. And the Israelites were punished in the process. We too have a responsibility to stand in the gap. And let me help you understand there'll be a time when someone needs to stand in the gap for you. And when you have an opportunity to stand in the gap for someone else, understand that is part of your responsibility. Scripture out of Psalm 30. It says, For his anger only lasts a moment, but his favor lasts a a lifetime. And weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. I agree. I don't love all those emotions all the time. But sometimes we need to cry with those who cry. Sometimes we need to laugh with those who laugh. In church, we need to do a better job at it. We need to step into those roles and understand that we don't have it all figured out. And yet we serve the God who puts us in exactly the right place at the right moment 
uh, for the right uh, thing. And that means we can be empathetic and loving just like Jesus, even in the hard times. I want to talk just real quick about the last group. The last couple verses, it talks about the others. It says the Jews, so there were Jews just watching this, right? They're just kind of hanging out. They're kind of on the back burner, just kind of watching what's going on. And one group says, see, obviously he loved them, right? And then the other group said, yeah, but he could have brought them back to life. Couldn't he? Or he, he, he took the blind man, he made him see. Couldn't he kept this guy from dying? So you got, you got two opinions on both ends. One saying, well, we know he loved them. Why did he let them die, right? This, and, and what we recognize in all of that is that the world is full of opinions. There are lots of ideas. And I want to challenge you to think about um, where we get our responses from. Is social media is the place we're getting all those? Or uh, the next latest, greatest thing? I, I will challenge you. I will challenge you to ask yourself this question. Where am I getting uh, and expressing that sorrow? You know, some things are well-meant and misdirected. If you ever saw, did anybody ever see this movie? Some things in life are well-meant and misdirected, right? Ralphie's worst Christmas present was from his aunt, who was well-meaning and misdirected. I should have got a picture of him with it all on because it was great. This is, a, this is the overtime passage um, if you read all of chapter 11, you might have saw this. If not, uh, that's okay. I wanted to share it with you. Because a couple verses later, Jesus says, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Did I not tell you to trust me? Did I not tell you to trust me and to believe from the very beginning? Jesus is reminding them, that even in the darkest times, we can trust in God. We know what happens in a few more verses, right? They go to the tomb and open it. And Jesus calls Lazarus out. And I find that very interesting. As we look at this whole passage how much emotion is in this whole passage? How much is going on internally uh, for Mary and Martha? How much is going on for their, from their friends through Jesus and through the others that are around there? There's so much going on. And Jesus knew this was what would happen, right? He says, this is, not, uh, this is just to show the glory of God. I'm going to show you guys how powerful my God is. He says, Lazarus, come out. Do you not understand that if you believe, he says, you will see the glory of God? 
And maybe that's the most difficult part of our faith, that belief, right? It's so, so easy to say, I believe in God, and so hard to actually take the steps of faith to, to make that happen. Let me challenge you and encourage you. If you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, like, okay, I know who this Jesus guy is, but I don't know if he really lived on this earth. Is this just a great story in a book? Or is it history? And one of the things that helps me uh, to understand how real and alive this Jesus is, is when I look at, at stories like today's, and I see his real response. See, if, if I was going to make a religion, if I was going to write a religion and I got to start from scratch, I sure as heck wouldn't show any weakness in my God. Right? I sure as heck wouldn't show struggles of the people who followed God. If you, if you look at story after story, you find out very quickly that these are real people who made mistakes, who made bad choices, who made bad decisions. And Jesus is showing in, in this story his real emotion, his, his humanness. Some things we're not even real good at sharing with others. And we know where this is headed. This is headed to the cross. This is headed to what we like to call Holy Week. I'm not sure it was feeling all that holy that week. It started out with a, a great Palm Sunday and it ended with Jesus rising again. But there was a lot of stuff going on in between there. Jesus went to the cross an innocent man went to the cross, was crucified, died, and was raised again. Not just a nice story. The truth. If you, wanna, if you want to follow my Jesus, it's simple. Understand, you're a sinner. You've made some mistakes. Each and every one of us. Long before we even had the opportunity to realize it, right? We've made, we've made bad choices as babies and as kids. And by uh, the time we get up to where we're at, where we can actually make decisions to not, make, uh, to not sin, we're already stuck in that sin nature. We're already uh, broken time and time again, making mistakes, saying things that shouldn't be said, acting out. Anyone who thinks, even for a moment, that they're not a sinner is gravely naive. Jesus says, come all who are weary, and I will give you peace. Jesus asks us to come. He says, I'm going to take care of you. Call upon my name. Believe that I died for you. And you will have eternal life. Not just eternal life. Just so you know, eternity starts the day, the moment we make that decision. It changes our outlook in life. We're no longer hopeless in a world uh, that is a train wreck. We have hope that no matter what happens today or tomorrow or the next week, that this is not all there is. 
Because if this is all there is, good luck. My hope is that one day this will be over. And I'll live in eternity with all those who may also made that decision. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your love. Lord, I thank you for, your, for emotions, the ability to have them, to be able to understand sorrow. And Lord, to recognize that in our own lives, sorrow is a part of the human experience. Lord, for those who have fought so hard to stay away from it, who have run so long, so far away, I pray that they would come to terms with the, the reality that emotions are something you gave us. And Lord, I thank you that in the darkest time for Mary and Martha, you, you stood tall and strong, and you shared real emotion that came from your love. Thank you for all that you do for us. In your name we pray. Amen.